everyone, and welcome to the Learn and Lead podcast. The Learn and Lead podcast is for educators by educators, and we want to bring the world of Arizona public education to you and our thousands of members across the state. Our objective is to provide a platform for the voices of our educator leaders, along with some amazing community allies, and have conversations about those education topics that are on everyone's mind. Hi, everyone. My name is Amber Gould. I'm your Arizona Education Association State Treasurer. And I'm Carrie Wolf, your AEA Learn and Lead staff person. So today we're going to be talking about gift giving. Woot, woot. That, that is my love language, gift giving. <laughs> I love giving gifts. Um, and as we kind of dive into this topic, we're going to be talking about not only what kinds of um, gifts, you know, the educator in your life really wants, um, but also some ideas for what you could give gifts for people in your family, um, things that have educational value, things that spark a love of learning. You know, it's funny because I just went shopping for holiday gifts, right? We did like the the secret gift exchange at school and I drew one of my teacher friends and um, I know her whole family really, really well. So then I wanted to get little things for each of them. So I got her those those Papermate flare uh, felt pens. Oh. I know the felt pens are the best, right? And then I got her spouse this cute little felt owl ornament. Owls are their favorite animal. Uh-huh. And then I grabbed some of these felt mittens for their kids. I, I like to make my presents felt. <laughs> get it I like that you had a theme too oh yeah it was good it was solid (laughs) my presence felt you know it's it's really you know these puns it's a gift it's a gift (laughs) but to that point I mean that is something that we do every year Uh, we do our little gift exchanges and uh, we do that with our colleagues we do that with friends and family and so um, these are just some great ideas that we wanted to share with you all on some ideas for um, for kids and teens and what you can get them in your life. Because um, a few years ago, well, several years ago now, um, I have I have so many nieces and nephews on my spouse's side of the family, like just a ton. And so one of the things that I was trying to figure out was how do I get them like meaningful gifts? And then my English teacher brain went, well, duh, books. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started getting books. And then as I kind of progressed on this journey and, you know, I was learning about, you know, Read Across America um, with NEA and how they're focusing on um, diverse books, um, uh, books by uh, the BIPOC community, Black, Indigenous, and people in c- people of color, the LGBTQIA plus community. That's when I was like, well, I have I have all these family members that they might never see these uh, books written um, by people that don't look like them, that people um, by people that maybe see or have different perspectives or different lifestyles, um, and they might ev- never get that. One of the things that I wanted to do was be very specific about the books that I bought. And so over the years, I've, um, I have a, this huge collection of books that I have purchased for my nieces and nephews to make sure that they can experience um experience authors and stories um, from all sorts of cultures and all sorts of uh, of backgrounds and issues and, and everything. So uh, with that, um, one of the things that the NEA has done is they have created their Read Across America, but it's no longer um, it's no longer just focused on like cat in the hat. We're really looking at how we can um, we can share books that are um, all over the spectrum. And so I ended up getting a lot of books over the past couple of years straight up from this list. So have you have you seen that list at all, Carrie? Oh, yes. It, there's so many books on there. Honestly, like my TBR pile, my to be read pile just gets bigger wanna, and bigger. I don't want to talk about that pile. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little scary. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so um, I wanted to go through some of these. And I know, Carrie, you have some books that you wanted to share as well. 
So these were just some ideas on books that you can get um, the the little ones in your life or the teenagers in your life um, that kind of just make their world a broader place. So one of the ones that I came across were for like the little littles, right? Like, okay, and I teach high school. So if, if the age range on this is a little off, my <laughs> idea of little littles is, is probably a little different. But there's this book called We Are Water Protectors by Carol Lindstrom. Have you heard of that one? Yes. It's won so many awards. Yeah. It, the book is like covered in those little stickers, right? Um, <laughs> but basically it was written in response to the Dakota Access Pipeline protests. And so it tells the story of an Ojibwe girl who fights against an oil pipeline uh, pipeline in an effort to protect the water supply of her people. And so you have this viewpoint of a young kid who's being an activist who's standing up, but she's also indigenous. And so we have all those different layers that come into play. So Carrie, you said you had one for the little guys because you used to teach the littles, right? Um, yeah. So I, in the summers, sometimes I would um, work with little kids on learning how basic reading skills. So um, one of the books that I love to read with my students was The Days The Day the Crayons Quit. Oh um, my gosh, that one's adorable. <laughs> and it's very much um, you know, union values um because it's just about these these poor crayons who are overworked and they feel underappreciated and they want better treatment so they are fighting for their rights to be treated better. I mean, it's just, it's so cute. And, you know, the kids always, you know, love the different characters and personalities of the different color crayons. So. Well, isn't it like, like the blue crayon is tired of just being the sky yes. and like stuff like that. Oh, yes. I love it. That's so cute. Oh goodness. Uh, speaking of, of other cute books, there's a LGBT, uh, LGBTQIA plus book called Entangle Makes Three. By Justin, uh, by Justin Richardson. Remember, like a few years ago, they had that story that came out about the Central Park Zoo penguins. Yes. And so this is about those penguins, Roy and Silo, and how they got to, ch uh, how they got to like basically raise their own baby penguin together, and it's adorable. And, you know, it's really nice because it's a very easy way and age appropriate way um, to introduce children to LGBTQIA plus uh, issues. So um, this was just super cute animal story about a couple of adorable penguins and great for winter, you know, because we get so much winter in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the penguins are waddling down the street. <laughs> So those were some of the ones for like the little, little guys. And then I tried to find some for my nieces and nephews that are in like that third grade to fifth grade range kind of varies, uh, yes. um, which is kind of hard because they're in that, like, they're still kind of reading the, mm -hmm. the picture books, but they're kind of starting um, their, their chapter books. Like, okay. So I remember, I, th I think I was in like second grade or something when I read my first chapter book. And I remember being so excited when I finished, it was a Goosebumps book. Remember Goosebumps? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And it was the one about the hamster. And it wasn't even the first one about the hamster. I think I read the sequel first. So, <laughs> you know, but hamster uh, part two. <laughs> yeah. Um, goosebumps, um, not on my list right now, but, uh, you know, one that I enjoyed as a kid, but okay. So, um, one of the ones is called Sophia Valdez future Prez, and it's by Andrea Beatty and David Roberts. And this one I really like because it's about community organizing in action. Basically you have this young girl who, um, is concerned about this like landfill that's by her neighborhood. Um, Mount Trashmore is what it's called. <laughs> and, um, she tries to, she does, some community organizing to get this issue resolved and to make it so that her community isn't being filled with trash um and like she's told that she can't do it that she's too young and all this stuff and she like fights the power so um so that was a really fun one you know what i love about you know all these books that are about creating changes 
Um, it's one of the ways that we develop resilience in little kids. You know, people are talking a lot about trauma and the way that it affects, you know, students and the way it affects adults and our brains, right? And one of the things that we can do to build resilience in our students and in ourselves is know that we have power and to do something for someone else. So all of these books, like they are healing. I mean, I it just it's just so exciting to see so many books with so such relevant topics. Right. Well, and there's so much fun because like if these are the books that our kids are like growing up with, by the time they get to be, uh, you know, teenagers, young adults, they're going to be implementing a lot of those behaviors and skills that we see in there, especially with the social issue pieces. Um, okay, so looking again at that third to fifth grade range, um, there is a book called I Love Saturdays and uh, Domingos by Alma Florada. Um, and this one, what I really loved about this is it actually kind of goes back and forth between Spanish and English. Um, it's the story of this young girl who visits her English-speaking grandma and grandpa on Saturdays, and then her abuelito and abuelita on Sundays. And so it kind of goes back and forth with the subtle differences between cultures and highlights their similarities and how ultimately both sets of, uh, of grandparents just love her to death. And it's just really cute. But I like that kind of goes back and forth. With, yeah. with language. A lot of our students switch back between many languages. I mean, it's pretty All amazing. All the time, right? Yeah. So it's awesome that there is a book that's representing our students. I love it. So um, have you have you read Hurricane Child? You know, I have not read that one. Okay, so that's another one. It's kind of more like, like fifth grade, like you're more advanced readers for this. But it's about a 12-year-old girl growing up on the U.S. Virgin Islands. And so... Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, and so it's a different... Pl- you know, different setting than what, you know, a lot of our kids see in books. And then basically she becomes friends with another girl, which turns into a crush that she needs to navigate. So not only is she dealing with some of the issues around uh, that's going on with her family and what's going on culturally, uh, but then having to deal with the LGBTQIA plus um, issue as well and trying to navigate that as a, as a young person. So it's, um, it was a very cute story uh, and basically written through the eyes of a 12-year-old, like right when they're starting to experience things like that. You know, when I was um, in the classroom, we did this activity every year. There was a book challenge, right? And we would kind of do it as a whole school. And there was one year where we had like a map and you had to read seven books, one from each continent or one about from some experience from each continent. And so it was really fascinating because you, it really makes you think about like where, what perspectives am I not normally reading? And, you know, I can't tell you that I have ever read a book from the U.S. Virgin Islands perspective. So that is going to have to be on my read list for winter break. Okay, let's go ahead and keep going. Let's look at like middle schoolish. So like that sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And you used to teach 7th and 8th grade too, right? I feel like you've taught like a wide span. I'm just like high school English. 7th and (laughs) 8th grade was my people. Those were were definitely (laughs) my kiddos. Um, Yeah, so one of the books that is really cool um, for especially for some of my reluctant readers who didn't want to maybe sit down and read an entire book all at once, but they were into like short stories was this collection of stories called kids on the March. And so it's a collection of 15 stories and it's all about just like different kids and their the things that they were an activist for so there's some about climate action there's some about black lives matter there were some about uh, march for our lives which is you know all about um you know the school shootings that are happening and so across the 15 stories they share like their perspective and like their story about what happened and tactics they used and it's really cool because it's 
you know, kids that are their same age who have made this national impact. So um, that was always something that was really, you know, exciting for students. And then I would ask them, okay, like, what do you want to take action on? And it's amazing the things that the kids cared about and that they wanted to do. Um, And so there's a lot of like student choice there. Well, and what's, what I love about this too, is that so many of those stories are are modern. They're like, they're happening now. And so when you get stories about us, about a kid who's working with the Black Lives Matter movement and what's going on, like that's powerful. Right. It's not historicized. It's still relevant topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another book that is, you know, always a hit, um, the writing is just so beautiful, is Jacqueline Woodson's Brown Girl Dreaming. Um, it's a book written in poetic verse, and it is, oh, the word choice, the language, I mean, when you you feel it as you read it, and the way that she describes her life and her experiences, and it's written from the perspective of a, of a middle school kid who's experiencing time in Jim Crow, 1960s, 1970s, um, who's becoming more and more aware of like civil rights movement. And there's some really good excerpts too. Um, You know, we used to do one of the excerpts from Brown Girl Dreaming is about code switching, right? And like changing your language. And the mom gets really mad at the kids for saying ain't and other like abbreviated words because she worries about how they're going to be perceived in the world for using those kinds of words. And so it's really, really beautiful. And I think it, I think... I heard or saw that it's um, President Obama had picked it for a book list. Yeah, I think it was. I think he, he picked it for the for the O book club, the Oprah book club. Oh, really? So I think that's where it was. Okay, but uh, but yeah, that's a that's a powerful set of poems for sure. So the other one for middle school that uh, that I kind of picked out here, it's called "Thanks a Lot Universe" by Chad Lucas. And what I liked about this is it kind of dealt with kids coming from two different perspectives. So you have this kid named Brian who's dealing with anxiety. He's being placed in foster care. And then you have this popular kid, Ezra, who wants to help Brian, but doesn't want his classmates knowing that Ezra has a crush on Brian. And so um, they kind of go back and forth. And it's really about finding your community and trusting your heart. And so looking at those values as they're they're put into the story of just two kids trying to find trying to find uh, their way in the world. So that Aww. one was super cute. Middle school crushes. I know, middle <laughs> school crushes. Ugh. Okay, well, you're a high school gal, right? Oh, so yeah. what kind of books do you recommend for the high school kiddos? Ooh, well, okay, so I, try, I had to narrow it down, right? Because <laughs> otherwise we would be here all day. But um, so for the high school ones, um, one of the ones that I really, really liked is this book called Just Breathe by Cammie McGovern. Um, and once again, you know, w- once you get into a high school level, it's all about like the crushes, right? Yeah. Um, they're all love stories for the most part, not all of them, but most of them, let's be honest, <laughs> because that's what kids want to read about. Right. Right. And so we have, uh, this book called just breathe and it's about one kid who's battling cystic fibrosis. So we have that, that physical, um, yeah. physical disability that comes into play. And then we have another kid that's battling like depression. Ooh, and so, interesting. yeah. And so you have that, that physical illness and also the mental health, um, illness that comes with that as well and they develop this friendship right and ultimately you know that friendship becomes something more because they're teenagers and that's what happens (laughs) (laughs) but um they have to kind of deal with both of those issues simultaneously and how do you how are you dealing with your issue while trying to help uh you know someone else that's close to you deal with their issues and and how can you support each other through that and so it's just a beautiful little book about that type of friendship i think one of the hardest things for teenagers is um 
having healthy friendships and having healthy boundaries, especially around these issues when you just want to help everybody, right? Like you care about your friend, you want to take care of them. So how cool if there's a book that'll allow you to have those conversations with your kids, right? Yeah, especially conversations about boundaries. I don't know what those are. So uh, <laughs> how, do I, how do I set those up? What is that again? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's a really good piece of it. Um, there's another book that uh, th- it's called The Broken Earth Trilogy. And this is by um, this is by a black author. Her name is uh, N.K. Uh, Jemison, And it's seriously like one of the most amazing fantasy books I've read in like a long time. And as you know, I'm super nerd. Um, but this is a really um, great fantasy science fiction book. The world building in it is phenomenal. Like basically you have this civilization that's on the brink of collapse. There are power struggles for resources. And there are people with like very specific powers to either help the world or not help the world. Interesting. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, and this book has won a ton of awards too. And she also has a lot of like short stories as well that she's written. And so um, we don't see a lot of black authors in fantasy that often. They're not always represented. And so when we have this amazing black author who's like, yeah, fantasy, let's do it. Um, it's phenomenal. And she's writing more um, more um, fantasy books and whatnot too. But this, uh, the Broken Earth trilogy is one of my favorites. Are you putting that on your Amazon wish list uh, now? Yeah, I am. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, especially because, you know, there's this quote that I really like um, about stories and the way that they have power right and the idea that some stories like the point of them is not to show that dragons are real or dragons aren't real but to show that we can slay them right like to just show you that we have power over these types of things and like to make people feel good and like I love a good good versus evil battle so (laughs) that was an amazing quote like shivers (laughs) yeah I'll have to find the actual quote but yeah I I butchered it a lot but you get the gist you know I got the idea got the idea (laughs) Okay, and the last one I have on my list, it's called Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin um, Alry Sines, and I hope I pronounced that middle one right, but this is a beautiful book. It's also won a ton of awards, but basically you have these two boys that seem to have nothing in common, um, but they discover that they have feelings for each other, and they have to figure it out over like a long-distance relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rough. Um, but it's just, you know, just a beautiful book. And both of these, both of the uh, main characters in this um, really struggle with some other pieces. Like they're they're trying to deal with um, their own identities, whether that's gender and sexuality, whether that's um, their Mexican-American identity, looking at like gender roles too, particularly, uh, particularly masculine gender roles and how we have youth that um, are on uh, who are LGBTQIA plus who yeah. who kind of struggle with how society wants to view them because they they society pushes those gender roles on them, and so um, really working through that with not only the two of them and their relationship but through their family relationships and friendships and so once again just a beautiful well done book um, that that touches on those pieces. Yeah, I would say in addition to books, um, some of my other favorite gifts to give my like my little brother and sister and um, to give my like godchildren, right, is experiences. So I really love um, being able to give my um, family members like tickets to the Arizona Science Center, right, um, or t- uh, an experience of taking them to one of the art museums we have in Phoenix or Tucson. Um, there's some really cool 
um, opportunities for scientific exploration in Tucson, right, around biodiversity. Um, and then there's some really cool, um, like, old nuclear sites that are pretty interesting for those kids oh, who like want to learn the, about history. Oh, like the uh, Titan Missin, Michel, uh, Missile Museum. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't say that word, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so just, I mean, keeping in mind that those are also really good gifts that can inspire love of learning. Um, and then, of course, we've got amazing hiking trails where you can learn about nature and animals and all of those things are so good for the for the heart and the heart and the head. <laughs> I love it. Uh, one of the things that I did want to touch on is um, gifts for for educators, for you know those teachers or education support professionals in your life. Um, I did reach out to a couple colleagues and ask them for for ideas as well, and it was kind of cute because I asked what their favorite gift was, but then I also asked like what gifts they you know they tend to really like. Um, and what stuff too. So like, I know like my favorite gift I've gotten, I've gotten a couple, I couldn't narrow it down. I'm going to be honest, (laughs) but, um, like one year, my student council kids, they got me a, a Harry Potter wand and it wasn't like the one from, um, from like universal studios. They like went to this like wand making company and got it specially made. It was super cute. I know, I know. And then I also have, um, I've had a lot of kids that like to crochet, (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so I have all these like different like crochet things. I have like these little bumblebees and I have a stormtrooper, a pokeball, like (laughs) all these little like handmade things. And those those mean a lot because these are kids that they're like, okay, they know Miss Gould is a nerd and they know Miss Gould is going to like this. And they put all that time and effort into making something. And so those are always those always are really special. Um, and, And, you know, anything that has to do with that or like notes or things like that. Right. Oh, yeah. And then on the flip side, what I want, what I'd like to see in my stocking this year is, of course, expo markers in all the colors. <laughs> not <laughs> not just the red, black, blue, and green, right? But I want all the pretty colors because I decorate my board like, and it's, like, it's so festive and colorful and um, it's not fun if you only have four colors. So you have to have more than that. <laughs> Um, and then uh, also black markers, just straight up black markers for poster making. My oh student my council gosh. kids, like we run through markers yes. like nobody's business. It's it's like it blows my mind how quickly we go through uh, materials, but specifically black markers and then paint and paintbrushes with them too. Yes. So what about you? What was What's like your favorite gift that you've ever received from a student? Well, I guess I'll say I think the gifts that mean the most to me were not the most expensive ones. They were the ones that were specific to our class and our relationship and our bond and so like one of the ones that comes to mind is um, I had a student I had her and her brother um, come through my class Um, I think I even had one of them for two years in a row and um, at the end of the year she gave me this like giant coffee mug um, that's like you know, as big as my head that says from your favorite kid. And I would keep <laughs> all my candy in there, right? Like the candy that I would use for when we played games or whatever. And, you know, it would just, it made me smile and laugh because, you know, she was always joking that she was the favorite child. And, you know, <laughs> so it was, it was just cute and it was personal and it was about like our friendship and, you know, the relationship we developed. And then the other gift that um, keeps giving is um, I actually had like this one tiny little like duck in my classroom um, from my- Like a bath duck? Like a bath duck, yeah, from my aunt that she gave me that was like a, it's like a Wicked Witch of the West. And she got it for me as like a, please don't be, you know, Wicked Witch of the West as as a teacher, right? It's kind of as a joke. Um, Yeah, joke, wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I would use it to teach prepositions. So I would like hide it in the classroom and then the kids would have to describe where it was in the classroom using their preposition words. And so it was a way to teach grammar in a way that was a little bit more fun. And 
somehow in like my second year teaching, you know, like they like fell in love with this rubber duck that we were using. And so I started like incorporating it into more and more things. And then they started um, bringing in these rubber ducks that they got for free, oh like gosh. here, or they like, <laughs> you know, spend it like a dollar on. And so every single year that I taught, my duck collection grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And there were ducks from it, everywhere. At this point, it's called a flock. <laughs> well, what's funny is in the last four years or so, um, you know, every year the kids were like, why do you have so many ducks? And I would tell them, you know, why I have all these ducks? And um, the kids would come up with different things. So like one year they created a flag to honor the duck kingdom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Another year I had a student who drew me as like a duck warrior princess. Um, and then somebody oh, I'm made have me to like, see that. oh my gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> I have it in my office actually. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I have like a queen of the ducks sign. Um, one year they made like a, a pledge to the ducks, the duck, duck the oh, duck Oh, this dumb. got intense. <laughs> yes. We had a fight song at one point, like for when we went into battle to defend our duckdom. Um, <laughs> oh, there was like, it just, it was so fun and it didn't ever take away or like detract from like our educational experience or academics but it was just something that was personal and so like all of those like personal notes or like that one dollar duck like those meant so <laughs> much to me so yeah that's my definitely my favorite gift oh that's so cute just okay just having that classroom culture like yes. it shines through so well yes. with this duck story well, and then like you know parents would come in and be like oh you're the duck person every time we like go to the store they want to find you a duck and I'm like oh that's so kind like they're they think about me outside of school you know like that's so nice <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable oh my goodness I can't get over how cute that is <laughs> well okay so then it's funny because I reached out to a couple of my colleagues and was like and I asked them the same thing like what was your favorite gift what is gifts that you'd like and for for, for the most part, most of them are, are high school, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, which ends up being completely different than ducks. Yes. <laughs> but um, a lot of them, you know, it's funny because as they, they gave me these, uh, these answers back, I noticed that so much of like their own personality kind of stuck oh, out yeah. from there. And so it's cute how these kids, no matter what, if they're, they're littles and giving ducks or if they're, um, they're high school, they, they know what, they, they connect with their teachers in meaningful yeah. ways. Um, one of my friends said that he got this Beatles poster his uh, very first year teaching. And what was kind of cool about that is he had a small classroom. They were, um, they were uh, emotional disability students. And so um, he didn't really expect anything from the kids, but they pulled yeah. their money together and they got him this Beatles poster oh. that was framed and whatnot. And, you know, just as a first, like think back, you know, being a first year teacher and getting yeah. a meaning, like these kids have really thought it out. They pitched money together. Like those things are, that's something that you keep your whole teaching career. Right. So that was a really cute story. And then um, I had someone, some that uh, loves coffee. And so a kid got him a bag of like this coffee that he really, really likes. Um, oh. And so that was cute. And then the gifts that we'd like, a lot of people were like, those, those cards and notes, yes. those mean the world yes. to teachers. I actually have, I have this binder that I haven't really updated in a while. Like I just have a stack of like notes and stuff from kids that I need to put in it, but it's like kind of scrapbooky, but in that high school teacher didn't have time to do a scrapbook kind of way. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Um, but I keep, I keep all of that because like, I, I like going, like when you have those hard days, you know, yep. your hard days, you want to go back and thumb through these pages and just remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. It's your why. It's my I book of why. I literally have a drawer <laughs> that is called my why drawer. And it's every piece oh of gosh. art, every note, every, like even nice emails from parents. I print it out and I keep them all in that drawer. And that has traveled me from classroom to classroom, from school to school, now into this role. Those notes meant everything to me and they oh. still do. <laughs> 
Well, and they mean they mean so much to everyone. And so I, I just love that it's such an easy way to to give something to a, yeah. a teacher, an education support professional, um, a friend or colleague, like get your kids to write little notes. I mean, it means it means the world. Um, also, you know, notes about how awesome we are written to admin don't hurt either. <laughs> You know, if you're thinking of ideas. Uh, <laughs> so those are also fun. Also, you know, a lot of the mentioned gift cards, Starbucks, wine, you know, the norm. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, those notes are what really, really stick out. Yeah, I think there's like this default, right, of like, we got to get a teacher a mug. We got to get a teacher, you know, like a specific Some teachers things. really love the mugs. Oh, absolutely. I will not question that, right? Like, <laughs> absolutely. But I think the... The thing that I keep going back to is that the things that we cherish are just a simple note. Like even just that is enough. And you don't have to go, you know, anything extravagant or you don't have to, you know, it's just the thought that here's how you mattered to me. Like that's the most special. So that kind of concludes all of our gift giving ideas and uh, whether you're getting gifts for um, for the kids in your life, the teens in your life, or getting gifts for friends, colleagues, teachers, education support professionals, and everyone, everyone else in the world, right? Um, I can't believe how much money I end up spending on gifts oh, each so holiday true. season. But like I said, it's my love language, and I find fun, unique gifts, and I just love it. Yes. <laughs> and books are definitely part of that. Well, and I would say too, you know, we'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that um, the the best place to get these gifts is local businesses and places that are supportive of education, you know, shout out to Changing Hands Bookstore because they hosted petition signatures locations for us for several of our initiatives, right? And that's a great place to get books and games for for kids um, and the the educators in your life. That's a a go-to every single year. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, Let's go ahead and talk homework, shall we? I'm in. Because we can't talk about a list of books and not have homework. (laughs) (laughs) So my homework for everyone, our homework for everyone, is to figure out who in your life needs a good book. Ooh, Mm. I like it. So figure out a book and figure out who you're going to give it to, gift it to them. Uh, Maybe it's part of this list. We want to give a special shout out to Josh Adkins from Paradise Valley Education Association for composing our theme song and another shout out to Carrie Wolf for producing each episode. If you want more information on other learn and lead opportunities and professional development made for educators and by educators, check out ArizonaEA.org slash professional dash excellence or reach out to your local president. If you're not currently a member and want to be part of creating opportunity for all students through the power of public education, you can join the Arizona Education Association by going to ArizonaEA.org backslash join. And that's the bell.